This machine kills fascists. or something right he's like ow doing all, right. all that whole shtick yeah, it's been a long time since i've seen number two. Oh, there's a big there's a big part of the population that likes wayne's world part two better right i don't know about better but am remind me am i totally making that up i don't know i'm one of the weird part of the population that likes bill and ted two better well yeah there's a lot going on in that one it's super weird i think i think actually a lot of people like that one because it's got uh death yeah. I don't think of them as, se- as a sequel, you know? It's just... Have you heard anything? Are, oh, are we recording? <laughs> yeah, we're oh, going. Oh, man. Cause, cause <laughs> we're going to start off with some Bill and Ted. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Hot Little Takes with Mike and Christian. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the new Bill and Ted has a lot of buzz going. Right. Is it? Does there is there a release date on that, though? Sometime this year, man. Holy shit, is that I'm ex- right? I'm excited. They got me on that franchise, like, Dark Crystal style. <laughs> But it's like they're they're like now fifty years old. They still haven't made the hit to save the world, even though the second movie ends with that way. I guess it doesn't. Right. Um, and so they have to like do some time traveling and interdimensional oh shit in like eighty minutes. Nice. And their daughters are coming along. Oh. <laughs> And I think they like I think death is in it, but like their band had broken up or something, so they like Oh my god. Like it's That's gonna be good. That, it's gonna, it's gonna I be can good. tell you now it's gonna it's be gonna good. It's gonna be good shit. Wow. What's the what's the next um, what's the next like sequel or or unnecessary Netflix series that would appropriately play on your nostalgia and that you would embrace as a new sequel? Hmm. I think, not... <laughs> I think probably an actual, like, Mupp- another Muppet literary adaptation would really get me. Because we were talking... what? Adaptation we just, what? I don't know. Uh, Mark Cannon, if, I don't know how often he listens to this, but Shouts to Mark. he was telling me that there was a good, like, Twitter thread about this, and Stephen King suggested they do Lord of the Flies. <laughs> starring, the, starring the Muppets. That's amazing. Yeah, but I don't know. We've talked about this before, like a good literary one. I think like you'd have to go one of the classic horror, maybe Frankenstein or something. Yeah, yeah. or Dracula. Dracula, and like I think didn't and, and like maybe Dracula's the only human in it. You know, sure. Jude, it's Jude Law. Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> I took the fucking words right out of my mouth. Didn't we? So when we my did, guy. when we did, Mike and I read a production of Dracula like five years ago, and as with every production we've ever been in, we usually. Cast the production with Muppets. Yes, because it kind of because it kind of helps you. <laughs> yeah, it helps you figure out like you know, you know, obviously Bob Cratchit is Kermit the Frog. Of course, whatever yeah, that sort right. of thing. Right. Uh, I can remember how we did it with 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 Dracula. Though I mean, it, you have to assume that Miss Piggy is Nina. 
Sure. And maybe a human plays Lucy. Yeah. You know, you have like Margot Robbie play Lucy. And was would Kermit be Harker? Harker. Yeah. And I guess because he's because he's like a country he's like the country lawyer and he's guy. The, kind of the the leading man. Yeah, you know, for lack of a a real one. Gonzo would be Van Helsing, I think. I think uh, Renfield would be Animal, probably. <laughs> uh, I, I'm also thinking of the way we played this. <laughs> I Actually, play Logan would have. Or, uh, or is Fozzie Van Helsing? Yeah, well, or is, he, way, or is he the, Fozzie would be a pretty. Or is funny he the Van Texan Helsing. guy that normally that gets cut out of some of the oh, stage? That's right. Shows. There's a Texan in that thing. It's, I mean, because like maybe Gonzo's Seward. Man, this is a fun idea. I think <laughs> I think I'm on board for the Dracula track. might be the next Muppet yeah, vehicle. The okay. Muppet Dracula. I fuck with that. <laughs> That'd be great. I fuck with that heavy. <laughs> also, especially with Jude Law playing Dracula. Yeah, I'm all about Jude Law. Because he's gonna maybe. bring it. Yeah. <laughs> We can. I've been rewatching the Young Pope in preparation for the new season. You have, and our friend Huck just watched the entire first season. And it is fucking better than I remember it being. I watched like half of that first episode with him, and I was like, "God damn it, this is such a good show." Wyello, one of the finest characters I've ever encountered in anything. Oh man. His his introduction as he's texting in the confessional. <laughs> Well, and, and he's obsessed with that little, um... That statue with the huge tits. Yeah. He goes, are you sleeping, Holy Father? He goes, I'm praying for you, Cardinal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I'm gonna have to probably rewatch that whole thing in, like, one weekend before it comes back in... Yeah. You will do it, you'll do it very quickly. Yeah, yeah. You'll rewatch it very quickly. I figure... On the topic of popes, I was not in love with the two popes. I did not watch it. I did not watch it. I did not it. watch a lot of the movies that came out. <laughs> we'll do movies later. I just wanted to get that one little. This is actually our one our take. year end review. Yeah, let's yeah let's bring it in a fish. High five. High five. Twenty twenty. We did it. What is that? Twelve episodes in a year? Maybe this might be Baker's dozens. I can't remember. That's pretty good for guys that are constantly saying we'll have a next one <laughs> next, next week. We'll have one next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, have, we were gonna have this up before the end of the year. We yeah, promise. that didn't that didn't happen. But here we are now. Yeah. At least we're reliably late. Sure. You know, sure. People learn to learn to believe in that sort of thing. <laughs> so yeah, this is our much anticipated year-end review. Yeah. That we discussed. Yeah. Last time, we're gonna do what did we call it? Our Ring of Champions. Uh yeah. Our Ring of TV Champions. Yeah, there was there. <laughs> or what was yeah, it? Yeah, there was something else <laughs> to right? that. The Ring of Champions. The well, championship ring. Yeah, but there was like a there was like a prefix to it all. Ah, oh, son of a something bitch. fancy. We might come back around to that. Figure that. We'll out. figure it out. Uh, and then I'll shoot I'll shoot off about some of the my movie list that I already I already disagree with. Yeah, and we can talk about uh, I watched Marriage Story. I think that's where we should start at your this behest. Is, this is kind of the most at your insistence. <laughs> <sighs> I watched Marriage Story. Okay, two thumbs up, two thumbs down. Oh, man. If we're going to break it down to, like, thumbs. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to cut mine off. I'm, I might give it, like, a, like, two side, thumbs. like, a couple of sideways thumbs. <laughs> I don't know. Sideways thumb is better than a thumbs down. One, I think maybe, I think if it were, like, Roman Emperor style, you know, mm -hmm. I have mm -hmm. to decide whether to let it 
live or not, live or die, I'd probably kill them. Kill you it. would kill I'd marriage. Probably story. kill marriage. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, all right. So, why? You've already we've already, we've kind of gone over your uh, your shock and outrage at the knife scene. Yeah, which well, I think is a funny take. I haven't. Heard that was the yet. first thing that like. Okay, so you have to understand, like, I did not, like, I, I'm not into You movies. were hesitant. To I don't like to watch movies that involve intense relationship heartbreak stuff. Like, it brings up a lot of... Mike is a softie. I'm a softie, and I've been through all, all of that shit. Sure. And I know how it feels, and I know how it's supposed to make you feel. And sure. It's not something I seek out. It's not a feeling right. that I, like, enjoy. So it's a different hesitancy that you have than I think a lot of people who were children of divorce were kind of nervous about it in that way. Yeah, and I didn't really... Didn't, that's that's did, not your story. Didn't even cross my it's mind. your journey. Didn't yet. even cross my mind, because I'm looking at it from the point of view of, you know... The romantic point of view. Yeah, and, you know, someone who's uh, been in a big... Yeah, been in those big breakups where children were involved, things like sure. that. So, right off the bat, I was, like, hesitant to see the movie. Sure. And so there were multiple points throughout it where I was, like... Do I want to keep going? And I was like, I <laughs> did that happen in the first five minutes? No, it the, letter, the, the letters are pretty. I think really take a toll on anyone's happiness. The letters were weird because my the first time I tried to watch it, my Netflix was getting all messed up, so it was mm. just I was just seeing black, and I thought it was like a moody voiceover. <laughs> and then and then when I finally got it working, I realized I'd seen you I'd missed, missed I'd missed the images, and it was way less effective. Than yeah. if it had just been them, like, saying those things. So anyway, off the bat, I was kind of hesitant. There were a lot of points where I was like, I don't know if I want to keep watching this. I wasn't super... The The big thing that killed me was the knife scene. Yeah, That's we, can, what, we can get to that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but initially, like, I think it was hard for me because I didn't really find either of the characters super likable. Sure. Like she, I, I agree. I think she was honestly more likable, but underwritten. And he's kind of the, this, and it's hard to watch it without separating, knowing that, like, the director is writing this after having gone through his own divorce. Yeah, right. And so the analog for himself is this guy who is, like, a fucking genius. He got the MacArthur grant. His his wife's whole character, his ex-wife's whole character is She that, shot her tits in is, a teen movie one time. It, well, and that she looked up to him for being such a genius like yeah. that's her whole like big monologue at the beginning yeah. it's just like she's defined by him and i thought that maybe at one point it was going to turn into a little kramer versus kramer which is a great yeah. movie and i would oh, sure and i'd say like watch that instead of this but it's a different kind of movie. But that, but that, that movie kind of does the same thing. That movie, I mean, but that, that movie, movie definitely takes that movie puts inside. that movie puts all of its focus. Yes, it does. It puts. But it doesn't. But, but, it, but it doesn't pretend to but split it, it either. But it puts all of its focus on his relationship with his kid. Yeah. And this movie, like his relationship with his kid, not like, great. Was pretty sucky and didn't not really great. seem to change much. Yeah. From what I could tell. Right. I think that the movie kind of suffers from not. From trying to evenly divide that attention, but never really doing it. Like, the kid is in the movie either a little bit too little or a little bit too much. Like, they could have maybe sidelined the kid a little bit more and worked on the relationship between the two of them more, or just given Scarlett Johansson more of a yeah. character. Or they could have pushed the kid element of the thing twice as much, and it well, might and have changed the, the dynamic. The, the kid element was the thing that, like, 
they're having all of this and you know that's what they say happens in these divorces is the focus becomes about who's winning and not the kid yeah and the movie did that but it never really like reconciled that by having them reprioritize not really i mean i mean until maybe the very very end or whatever and the end we um, can talk about too because the end i guess it, it's supposed to be like a wink at uplifting i suppose but yeah, you don't really. After the well, previous ninety minutes the, don't really set you up to that, think that way. Well, that, that's think. that's the ending that they could have gone to an hour earlier when Alan Alda's his lawyer and he says, "Look, man, you should probably move out here if you want to have a relationship with your son. You're mm -hmm. not going to be able to." And this kid can't have a life flying back and forth between New York and LA, you know, unless it's and six, he doesn't unless it's six months at a time. And he doesn't appear to want to do that anyway. Yeah, and yeah. and like if you really want to prioritize, and that's there were a lot of things that bothered me. Like he was running this theater company, but he could spend half the year living in L.A. if he if he weren't the one demanding on directing every fucking play they. Had. <laughs> no, I thought you I know? thought the same thing. I'm like, there's like... no reason why you can't have a functioning theater company. Like, look at Gary Sinise and John Malkovich, like those cats. Like, you can you can run a theater company with partners you know like, well yeah and if you're like if you're the artistic director i mean sure your presence is necessary but if you only need, need to be in rehearsal once or twice a year i mean that's what six well, weeks and they really or, casually uh, bring up the, they really casually he comes in really casually with the macarthur grant thing where he's like hey, i got the macarthur grant and they're like oh that's great and you're like that's fucking amazing yeah first of all yeah and then it really just became a plot point for why he has money to afford what he's doing yeah why yeah. he could afford to like put up this battle and keep flying yeah. back and forth and all this shit right because you don't make that much money as a theater director in new york city i think even if you are on the cover of time out new york is he well and if he's face. got he's got opportunities to direct out in la and do this other shit like you yeah, the should, residency. You should try to do it all. They talk like, about a residency at the Geffen, and I'm like, that's pretty sick. How would you not take that? Game? Well, and how could and, <laughs> and why could you not do that and still have your theater company running with some other trusted people directing some shows? Yeah, there you're the for, only person on the board. Yeah, I mean, look at you know, like you know, we know directors who will go who to another all, city yeah. and direct something. Sure, artistic directors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Murray used to do that. He used to direct in Virginia and all over the place. There was a lot of theatery stuff. For, yeah, there's know, a lot of theater stuff to unpack, which was for enjoyable. People, yeah, and I think it's a movie <laughs> for like people who don't know anything about theater to really be like excited about. But it is, what that it, is. Uh, and I'll talk about this with another movie later. It's actually kind of understands the subject it's dealing with, which I appreciate. Yeah, it, it definitely was not like. And there were a lot of things. There were a lot of things I was digging about the movie, but I was also kind of like, this better really pick up at the end. You know, and once they have this fight that I know is coming or whatever. The, yeah, the big kind of centerpiece of the movie. Yeah, the best characters were like Laura Linney and... Laura Dern. Uh, I mean, Laura Dern. Sorry. Oh, God, that's blasphemy. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> Laura Dern's the best thing in everything she's in. Um, and, um, I thought Ray Liotta Ray Liotta. Gives, I, Those, gives like the, the sort of... I somehow unsung supporting performance in that movie. Well, and they... It is intense. And it was like based on those characters that our mains finally have the big breakdown that we've been waiting for them to have. Uh -huh. And he acted like an 18-year-old who was getting dumped for the first time. He's like, I hope you die, and cries. Uh, yeah. And I, like, really was... So I'm losing more and more sympathy for Adam Driver's character throughout the movie. Yeah. And then yeah. and then it gets to this scene with the knife. <laughs> and when the I love that we're yada yadaing the, the most and, meme thing in and, the last six months. And when it, and to when get it, to the knife. And when it, what is the most memed one? 
Oh, the oh the fight. Uh, whatever. The fight was whatever. Oh my god, there's so many funny. The fight was whatever. Answer. But the knife thing just kind of ruined the movie almost for me. Tell okay, tell me, tell it, tell everyone why. So, I've heard this before. Okay, so they introduce <laughs> they introduce that the kid they're there with this like woman who's a comedian. There's a lot of like comic stuff that I'm like, is this supposed to be funny right now? Shit going on. Mm-hmm. Like, she's playing the observer for the court, and she's watching him and his kid, and the kid's like, do the knife thing, do the knife thing. And you've seen him play with that little pen knife earlier. Yeah. And then he f- explains it, and he goes, oh, this was a gag I used to do, not for him, but for my ex-wife, where I pretend to cut myself. And he does it, and he cuts himself really badly. <laughs> and then she's like, are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm fine. And he's like, like Just doing, doing, blood. A, doing a clown routine, opening the door around her and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and you're And I'm like... But it's horrifying, and he sh- and you're like, why aren't you acknowledging that something's wrong? Like he's so freaked out about losing right. his kid all of a sudden, right? And like it was a matter of the kid thing was like principle for him, but I was like nauseous and furious watching that, and I was like, you know what? This guy is an artistic director of a theater company and makes gags running around where he's like pretending to slash his throat with a little pen knife, like. Like, I have no sympathy for him anymore. Like, a grown man shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't make a joke with a knife like that. Like, you just shouldn't do that. Like, you know there's a chance you could fucking do that. Those kind of knives. Like, and I can imagine a guy I know doing that. And you're like, you're a fucking idiot. Why would you ever do that? Uh, I, this is... Like, it, it was like, so if I knew that guy in real life, I'd be like, I'm not going to work with that guy. He runs around like... Doing this kind of dumb juvenile shit, man. This guy won the fucking MacArthur grant. It doesn't sound like a genius to me. And you know what it seemed like to me is like, it seemed like a, a, like, in the screenwriting, like, a very clever idea. But then in the execution. It is a a really good clown routine that Driver puts on. Well, physical acting is And it's like a good thing, like, if it were like a novel, you'd be like, wow, that was intense. Like, he almost died out. Like, because they make it, you make you think he dies with his kid sitting there. You know, like he's not in the next scene for a couple of minutes. I don't. I don't know if I ever was getting the impression that you might or that die. something, or that it, you know, that it was that, that sure. it was worse than it really was, or sure. whatever. Sure. But I just was like kind of out at that point, man. I don't know. That's when I was like, not. Nah. Oh, and then the thing that infuriated me, to the point of no return, was he immediately follows it up with like a five minute long. Rendition oh, of the song from Company. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. The. Yeah. Uh, being alive. <laughs> being alive. <laughs> and you're like, I, oh, he learned this big lesson. You know, the song is kind of where. It's finally where I sort of was faltering a little bit. Well, it was almost a case of like something. The first 40 minutes. It was, of that a, movie it was like a story that was like so personal that he kind of. And didn't change it enough from the personal stuff, maybe, to make it relatable for, I mean, and for a, a lot of... Well, who's to say? Because there were points in that where I was definitely feeling bad for him, and I was like, man, this is what those, like, angry men's activists are always talking about with, like, the fathers having a harder time in court or whatever. Ooh. But then I was immediately like, no, wait a minute. This guy's a shitty dad. He cheated on his wife. Right. Like, he's getting everything he had coming. Basically, yeah. I mean, it definitely. See, I mean, the, that's one of the things that I think that the movie struggles from too is that you never see them together as a couple. 
So it becomes really hard to like but right, try and mourn their relationship when you don't really know what. Well, it and is. for a while you're like, why are they breaking up? They seem like they're okay, and then you're like, oh, they they never should have been together in the first place. It seems right, like. but then I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I I need to. I think I'm gonna rewatch Al, it. Like soon, Alan Alda tells him to move to California, and he's like, never happening. And an hour later, he's like, I guess I'll probably move to California for like six months out of the year. And you're like, yeah, that was so simple. Yeah, you know, and it was just like. Man, if you can't uproot your life for your kid, you know, then then figure out, you know, he's like, I refuse to have the kind of relationship where I don't see him very much. It's right. like, well, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Divorce is hard. Like, that's kind of the... Sure. I kind of wish that that movie did have a little more, like you were saying, of the actual marriage. Like, I thought the divorce was going to kick in, like, halfway through that movie or something. So when it started off with that, right. I was kind of intrigued, but then... right. Uh, it should have been called Divorce Story of a Man. A man's divorce. <laughs> for this man is getting divorced. I mean, the one thing that I would... De- and I know that the movie clearly draws from it because there's two like big allusions to it in, in it. Is, um, people just watch Scenes from a Marriage. Six-part Bergman movie about a relationship and you see them... The movie, like That film opens with them like being interviewed by a magazine about being such a perfect unit together like harry like when harry met sally is that how, oh that's right because they're that's right it's all the couples but that's an allusion. allusion allusion but there is but like in their apartment in new york there's a like a clipping from new york Mag- new york magazine or something of the two of them and it says scenes from marriage at the top and then i think one of the characters i think that the girl that he sleeps with uh cheats on her with i think that that character's name is marianne which is the name of uh, the girl that he Lee Bowman's char- Lee, Lee Bowman's character in Scenes for Marriage. I did really love. Uh, Watch that. I'm, I'm always a fan of Wallace Shawn. Sure. Oh yeah. Put, put some Wallace Shawn in there. I'm Him happy. being the doddering old guy in the company. Love it. Him being like, what was it? He's like, my pants don't fit, or he's like, I don't like to tuck in my shirt. Yeah. God. Or when he, or when he, after he goes up to him, and he's like, I know you're going through a hard time right now, but. I can give you one piece of advice. It's fuck as many people as you can right now. <laughs> Men, women, everybody. Just go out there. Well, Sean, forever. Yeah. So you get You some... know he's in Toy Story? I, for... I always forget that. He's the T-Rex. Yeah, I always forget that. And I'm like, who else's voice is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's a man all of all his own. Yeah. He's in his own class. For he's sure. one of those character actors who can play anybody, but he's always himself. Yeah. Yeah, but his... You really need to see Vanya on Forty Second Street. That's like, that's good. Wallace Shawn playing Vanya. I would have liked to see him acting in a scene with uh, Raúl Julia. I wonder. I bet that probably happened in like New York in the eighties. Yeah, I bet they were like in Shakespeare together or yeah, something. Yeah, they were like the clowns or some shit. That's cool shit. It's nice to think about. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's nice to think about. Anyway, <laughs> so you're you're a little mixed. I d- marriage story is in my top ten on the year. I did like it, but now that sorry for ranting about it for so long. No, that was. I mean, that's what it's. Uh, those those were those are, those are a lot of takes. Those are a lot of hot little takes. <laughs> Give us your opinion. Mike looks doubly grumpy about movies because he's wearing. Uh, an old beat up Duff Deer hat. <laughs> you look like you write for like a post hardcore magazine in like 2009. I feel like a sports writer who's like <laughs> about to get fired. Because <laughs> like there's not a newspaper anymore. Right. I'm like, ugh. What are we like, do? we can't we can't have people 
writing about horse racing anymore. And I'm like no good for it. radio. Like I'm like a really bad person to sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. But you, you, um, you, what would you give it? Two thumbs up. I mean, I think that I have it as number eight on my top of the year, but don't spoil those yet. We'll get to your. But like I said, I already disagree with my own list. I, sh I need to go back and rewatch it because you know I remember being very affected by it at the time, just because it is such a. Well, it's such a grueling long process. I mean, really, what it is is a movie about the process of getting divorced right. more than it is the story about those two people. And I guess like it's really just in like the putting yourself in the perspective. Yeah. Element of it, I found it very moving, but. And I got that. I do. You also went into it. Looking forward to it, whereas, I, whereas I was like walls up already. Right. So right. What do you think about the driver performance getting an Oscar? I don't know. Like when we talk about the Oscars and stuff, you've now seen a lot of those, so I can't really compare. But I just don't feel like this is the best kind of part for him. Like who else would you rather see in this role? Like I bet when Adam Driver did that did the knife scene, he was like, there's no way I'd be dumb enough to do something like this. Yeah, right. I, I, I was in the goddamn Marines. Marine, yeah. Like, you fuck <laughs> around like this. Like, this is like, and I figured, like, you know, there's gotta be dudes out there watching that who's like, this guy's a total fucking, like, artsy, Oh, yeah, guys, guys when they're watching this with their girlfriends were like, ugh. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Does Jude Law make this movie better? Playing that role? Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> You know, one thing that struck me is how much more attractive I think Scarlett Johansson is than Adam Driver. <laughs> like, he's an attractive guy, but it, Scarlett Johansson's, is, like, yeah. written most of her career on just being seductive and attractive, I'd say. Sure. I'll do The Skin was on a lot of people's top of the decade list, which I think is really interesting. I, I saw parts of it, but I really liked it better when it was called Species. Uh, I don't know if, ever, if anyone remembers the movie Species. Wow. I saw it when I was like 13 at a, at a sleepover, and we were all popping little boners over <laughs> Natasha Hestridge, I think. Is that who that is? God, I it's one of those models. I actually don't know if I've ever seen Species. I think it's just cultural osmosis. Well, she's, she's, she's fucking men and killing them. Mm. Trying to have alien babies. <laughs> Bring back the alien baby genre. Isn't that what That's Under what the Skin is about, basically? It's sort of. It's been a few years since I've seen it. With some uh, it's definitely Stranger got a, Things. It's got a trippy aesthetic you know. to it. It's got good music. All right. Well, that's our... That's, there's, our there's our cold open, bro. Yeah. Um, like, like I said, this is going to be our three-hour year-in-review yeah, exactly. episode. Exactly. Edited by Christian. Edited, cut down, <laughs> chopped and screwed by Chopped me. and screwed. Uh, Alright, so let's take a little break. We'll come back and we'll talk about this championship ring. Yeah. Of the, oh, the TV. annual champion. The annual tournament of championship rings. Sure. Do There's do not going to be... Good for you.
nominations come out on Monday, I think. Yes, yes, yes. So next week, or next time we record, we'll be able to talk about those and the... And the Golden the Globe Golden winners. Golden Globe winners. Yeah, yeah. And test that against our predictions. <laughs> Which I have over there. Maybe we can wrap up by reading the, the secret code that our... Yeah, we'll, we'll recap them for everybody in case they want to see how well we do tomorrow. Yeah, and how we stack Sunday. up. Maybe, you know, it is the new year, and something that we had teased before was that we were going to start a Twitter and an Instagram for this for this pod. So maybe maybe we'll do that tonight. All right. <laughs> enough, enough dithering. Enough dithering and dathering. Are we back? We're back. We're both st- we're both taking a little stretch. Oh yeah. We're taking a little stretch because we're about to do. We're about to dive into the, the championship ring. The the first annual hot little takes championship ring of television program. Sock it to me, baby. Sock it to me. All right. So what we did is we we made a we made a list. Like we compiled a list of eight shows. In no particular order, though, you know, play that, play that, play with yourself. Uh, play with yourself as you will. Yeah. Uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't judge here, Hot Little Takes. No, masturbation is good. It's all about consent. All but the normal stuff. Just, you know. I can offend anyone. As long as everyone feels safe. As long as you're in, like, a park. <laughs> you know. What was the masturbation scene of the year? Was there? I'm trying to think of anything I watched with the masturbation scene. Definitely Pattinson and... Oh, obviously, lighthouse. the lighthouse. That, well, that's no question. Nothing could beat that. There's also Roman in succession against Jerry's bathroom door. Not as effective. <laughs> like, I didn't walk away... Pretty effective. Pretty effective, but, like, um, like if you were to name, like, top five things that happen in the lighthouse, masturbation would be one of them. Whereas, Master- su- masturbation whereas is su- a theme. Whereas succession, like, it would be, like... The twentieth thing that happens in succession. Sure, I you're totally right. So let's dive into this list. We got we got eight shows here to make up our top eight of the year. Our top these eight, are, and these are the ones we've both aggregated mm-hmm, together, mm-hmm. and we both watched and both decided that we fucks with heavy. That we fucks with heavy, <laughs> and are into more seasons of all of them. Yeah, and I think that all. All but one of these, I think, has will have a name. One of them Or no, two of these won't, actually. All right, so let's just get it. Our number eight on this list is the what we do in the Shadow Show. And these are not in no particular order. No, no, no. Not at all. I'm just yeah. down the list. I again. finally just watched the What We Do in the Shadows TV show. Late edition. Based off of the movie starring uh, Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. And produced by them. Starring Matt Berry. Yeah, Matt Berry, off the bench. Um, a tall version of our friend Astan, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and like a character he would play. And he's great. He's fucking hilarious. And a, really, the girl is like... She's out. She's outstanding. She's outstanding and, <laughs> and uh, captivating, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, it's super funny. It's just like the movie. Yeah. It's and like exactly like the and movie. And you think that that's going to hinder it when you start it? Because the film is just a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. And it, but it's and it's different characters in this one. Which Even they, was do, a little... they do kind of feel, they kind of sing the same music. They feel like they're in the same family, like they're yeah. the you know, um, you know, down the block, mm. basically. It kind of reminds me of 
the late the latter seasons of Misfits when like kind of all your primary characters have filtered out through various which, courses. Which of is the when book. I checked out. Yeah, and you know, and I kind of wanted to, but the when I stayed on and the new people come in, they were fun. Yeah, you embrace all of them and you love them just as much, if not more. I think in some cases. And That's one of those shows I'm gonna go finish someday, like Boardwalk Empire. And yep. just, like, get the last, like, season and a half I didn't do. I think I've got, like, three seasons of Boardwalk Empire to finish, but I always, I did always, I liked that show. The last thing I saw was when his butler jumps out the window. What? So, spoilers. Who has a butler? <laughs> Who has a butler? <laughs> yeah, what we do in the shadows, if you're a fan of uh, great comedy and uh, vampires, you know, go for it. check it's... out that movie, check out that show. Yeah, I can't recommend that one enough. All right, moving down the list, and we've—I mean, I think that we've—that's the only show on this list we haven't discussed. But the next one is Undone. Yeah, huge. Undone, huge moment Which, for you. One of my, you know, if, if we were doing a top five shows of the year now, this one would be, Still be on it. way up there. Yeah. yeah, this might be like number one or two. For really? Me. Yeah, I was just really affected by this one. It's such a moving piece. Our friend Kyle uh, Urban shouts to Kyle one more time got into this show because of yeah, your recommendation. You know, I have had a couple people say they've watched shows on account of listening to us, which is the biggest the biggest compliment we could, we could have other than maybe a, a rating or a review, I guess. Or money. Or, or actual cash. Because <laughs> you're going to have to find us personally because we're not giving out any information at this point. But we're working on that. Maybe, the, maybe, maybe by the time this airs we'll have to shut up. Yeah, maybe we will. Uh, yeah, I mean, what else do, what else do we want to say? I think that we both kind of waxed poetic about um, it we talked about it. Yeah, it's rotoscoped. It's about uh, dreams and... Uh, Consciousness and the, the way reality. The way, the way that you affect it. The way that you participate travel. in affecting other people's lives. Yeah. And it's uh yeah, it's really moving. It's not it's Seriously. like it's like a existential sci fi story. It's not, you know, weighted down in science in in too much um, business that's not directly affecting the characters. No, it, no it's like kind of like, like real feelings. like rollicking plot, 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 plot. All the time, yeah. But it's still, but it has such a and an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. half hour episodes, one of the best, you know, qualities yeah. of show. I really, these I, days. I think that main character was one of the most, for me, relatable characters I've seen in a long time. Absolutely, and the I, I kind of all of them. The sister was because I, I have as a well. thin grasp on reality. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the main, the main, the main character is definitely a Pisces. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and uh, an uh, all around great performance. Totally. Moving down. What else we got? Barry is in number six. Barry. I should stop saying numbers because these aren't ranked at all. Yeah, Barry was Barry's on the list. Is there? A, Barry was both of our number five for the first half of the year. It was, yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, at that point, it had really dominated, but that was pre, pre undone, pre succession, pre a lot of. You know, things. the bald guy in Barry is going to be in the new Bill and Ted movie. Uh, fucking course he is. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can't wait. <laughs> Put that guy in everything. That guy really steals every scene he's in. Absolutely. Um, and we, I think we talked about it when we talked about Barry originally, that anytime him and Hater are in a wide together, that Hater's always looking away. Yeah, trying not to laugh. <laughs> well, and this is Hater's real, like... He's like the best guy to come out of SNL, I think, in a long time. Which we were just sure. talking about during the break, is like, become objectively bad. Aside from a really good guest like Eddie Murphy or something. Sure. Well, I mean, the, the and we can maybe talk about this another time, but the Eddie Murphy episode is 
without question the best SNL in years, but it's still weak in a lot of places when it sure. depends on other people. You know? Sure. Well, it goes to show how good that show was 40 years ago. Or, or, or just how good he is. 50 years ago you know, now. It's nice to have Eddie Murphy back. Uh, yeah, I, we've, we've talked about Barry a lot this year, so yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about... Bill, Bill Hader really stepped it up, though, and is killing it, like, advancing out of that All right. sketch comedy world. Now we're getting, we're getting... We're getting closer to the heart here. Okay. We got True Detective Season 3 on the list right here. Yeah. The Which... totally blackballed from the Golden Globes True Detective Season 3. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my face with that. Yeah. Nothing for Steven Dorff, I think, or Mahershala, or the show in general. Like, in a, Didn't Mahershala get nominated for the Green Book? He won an Oscar for Green Book. I feel like, and I, not, having not seen that, <laughs> yeah. I feel like the the work he did in True Detective was like, for any actor... Some of the best incred- TV work I've ever well, seen. Well, just a ton of work. Like, he did, you know, hours and hours and hours of this character in... Over the span of 40 years, 50 years. And the camera's rarely off of him, honestly. He's just about in every scene of that, yeah. of that he, show. Yeah, he carries it on his back. like he and, he and that's, you know, that show I don't think has a best season, honestly. Like, they're all fantastic. They're all, fan- they're all fantastic and all have their problems, too. Like Well, they all have their own, it's like any, you know. I love your take that, that, that there isn't a best season of True Detective. That's incredible stuff. I, I mean, it's like if you, like, if you're into a good, like, <clears throat> detective novelist or something, like, some of those stories might be a little weird, but they're all sure. going to be their own thing. Sure. Like, you know. Sure. They're their own their own story, their their yeah. own vibe. Last Good Kiss is definitely the best crumbly that I've of four I've, I've read. Well, but that's the only he's the only guy that I've read enough books to say that I can really pick a, uh, a favorite. Well, and, you, and you've got to read them all to do that anyway. Truly, you know? yeah, you're right. I mean, who knows? Pizzolatto could probably write write ten seasons of this. Oh film, sure. So. I has there been buzz on a season four? I doubt it because I think it takes it. I think because I think he's taking the time it would take to write a good novel. Yeah, because on was, top of all the production, pre-production. Yeah, because there, there was what three or four years between season two and season three. There was a big gap. That was a huge gap. So, but I mean, look at Larry David. Like, yeah, he, he, he shows he, never into show. He, he never. Yeah, tell that story. <laughs> that is it. It was Mac and Dennis that he. Yeah, the read. guy. Well, it was the guys from It's Always so Sunny. Sunny. Yeah, that they. Were they asking him how to finish the show, or just for advice? And, you told me this story, and he's and he, t- <laughs> and he told them, never end your show, never do a final goodbye season. Yeah, just if you want to take a break, take a break. Well, did he like learn that from Seinfeld? Yeah, because ending it was like the dumbest thing they could yeah. have done. And now Curb's gonna come back. Yeah, new after great. after four years, as if it were true to think. Well, it wasn't four. When was the last season? I don't know, but they'll take some long gaps on. Yeah, that. I love like it. as long as they feel like it. I they're like it. whatever. I love you, True Detective. Yeah, <laughs> I love you, True Detective, and I'm looking forward to more. And I hope that there are more things in that genre because I dig it. Yeah, I'm always here for I'm always here for crime stuff, and I'm always here for fucking character portraits like that show did because Mahershala's character, Stephen Dorff's character. It was just such a... Those two performances were incredible in the... And and you're right that they both got robbed for not getting that. I think it's I think it's ridiculous. 
Alright, staying in the crime crime zone. Ooh, I think I know what next one you've typed. Next one is the deuce. Yeah. Season three, final season of the deuce. Third final season of a show that will never win any awards. No, but yeah, that's... except for some retrospective thing. That's just gonna die like a former porn star in a lonely hotel room. You know, as if as if there was some legacy of a some art house film <laughs> left behind. <laughs> you know? Like the deuce I do feel like Vincent looking at the paper reading about Candy's obituary when I think about that show in the future. When you I'm, listen to our podcast, I'm gonna about be like I'm gonna be like, good for her. <laughs> she di- she did it. Uh yeah, it's it hurts that no one cared as much as we did. Well, I mean, did critics like that show? You know, I sometimes would struggle reading reviews because it seemed like people were just not as on board with that show. Yeah, but and I've met people in my own life that I really recommended to. That is it the kind of critics who like even know who those guys are or ever watched The Wire? Like, or is it good critics? You gotta think that a requisite to be a TV critic is having watched The Wire. I don't think so, man. I think the <laughs> I think in this day and age, the prerequisite to being any kind of critic is just being able to type a semi-coherent sentence. <laughs> <coughs> and we both can't type, so that's why we do the podcast. Everybody's a critic. <laughs> Oy vey. Oy vey. I am not a critic of and this. I, I mean, we did a lot of deuce criticism, but... Uh, I wouldn't say we're critics so much as editorialists. <laughs> Commentators. <laughs> We're just going to use this list to talk about us. Ourselves. Because <laughs> it's, it's our year-end review. It's a year-end review. <laughs> we started a podcast. We now have millions of listeners. Millions. That's an exaggeration. Hundreds of thousands of listeners. Hundreds of millions. Hundreds of billions. Shouts to our listeners in Japan, Ireland, and Honduras. I think you're our primary... Yeah, I actually... Primary international listeners and shouts to you guys. I think I... I, think I... I think I missed uh, our Japan guy while he was in town. Shit. Yeah. Miss shit. Yeah. Uh, what else do you want to say about the deuce? I mean, Sorry, we, we, we impact this a lot during the course of the season. Show fucking rolled. We want to talk about character portraits. I yeah, mean, watch the whole show. It'll take you like a day and you'll love it. Watch all three smart. seasons? You can do it in a week for sure. Yeah, it's it's great. It's like a great B-tree. It's like a book. Yeah. It's like reading it a book. It is. Yeah, it's, it's it like is. the kind of thing where you're reading a good book. You, know? you ever done that? Have you ever read a book? I mean, I haven't in a while, but I sure like to keep them around to impress people. It makes me look smart. Mike and I gave each other the big hookups with books for Christmas this year. Yeah, everyone got books for me this year. So did the, everyone in my life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, m- moving, moving down, moving on. This is in our. I mean, and these are these are shows that we've discussed as being probably our three favorite on the year. Fleabag. Yep, which I know is your. Fi- that was my, that year. was my that was my top when we did the halfway through the year review review. Um, Playback fucking slaps, dude. It's it's fucking great. I hope that show goes for several seasons. That is the last season of that, and she said she has no intention of going back to it. Well, then I'm looking forward to whatever else she's because <laughs> so she's, know- she's a well, and not just like I like her like as that character Ferris Buellering to the camera like that. You oh, know? of course. I'm. She, she is such a magnetic performer and such a charming writer. Yeah, and the way that character existed as like a very, you know, promiscuous lady, for lack of a better way to put it. Like, I mean, I'm a, a truly modern woman, I that's, think. That's you know? the thing, yeah. It's like, 
I related to it a lot. <laughs> I so, related a lot to her antics and her behavior. So, what she has coming up soon, and I think that this is definitely, and maybe we can at some point talk about this, the shows we're looking forward to this year. She has a show coming out on HBO this year called Run, which is a comedy thriller that she is the like showrunner, writer, executive producer for, and is also starring in alongside Merritt Weaver and Donald Gleason. That, from what I think I heard about it, is like a a girl going through a weird time in her life, like runs away on a weird road trip with an old flame. Okay. It's called it's a comedy thriller HBO. Cool. I'm fucking. I'm down. She's punch, a, punch my ticket, bro. She's the kind of person I would like love to fucking work for. Oh my god, totally. Maybe she's like the modern Woody Allen. Hmm. British woman. <laughs> British woman in 2020. Jewish man in 1975. Call it what you want. New York. New York. Hmm. This. Hmm. That's interesting. How the times have changed. It's an interesting take. We'll see how time plays on that one. The breadth of ideas. I started watching, um, and I'm gonna. I gotta. Com- I continue it. The crashing. No, the the first show she wrote was Sandro. Was it Sandro? Oh, um, uh, Killing Eve. That's a, the first show she wrote is a show called Crashing. That's on Netflix. It's very fucking good. Okay, I'll check that out. Uh, but yeah, but it seems like they run Killing the game. Eve. Killing it's, Eve is bad. It seems like she's got a litany of ideas that she can crank out and Fuck doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, like, probably doesn't want to spend more than two seasons on one of them. Well, that's more of a British style. They kind of know how to wrap things up in a sort of a cleaner way, get in, get out, you know? I like That's because they call each season a series, and they already have that, like, mini-series mentality where they're like, we're going to do the whole fucking novel in ten episodes. (coughs) Right. And we're not going to, like, I've been bitching about, and I haven't watched them, but, like, The Man in the High Castle and Handmaiden's Tale. Right, They've, like, surpassed the plot of the books, which... Significantly. Which, to me, is, like... Handmaids, I think. Which, to me, is, like, a literary kind of... um, It's just not... I don't know. I want to, like, see the story told the way it should be told. By the the person who... In, like, a really good way, you know? Yeah. It does seem a little strange to be, like... Writing Margaret Atwood's words for her. Yeah, I don't know. Phil, I don't or, know Phil, can... or Philip K. Dick. Or, yeah, you're yeah, like, these guys, yeah. you know, it's a little. Who do you. Who the fuck who do, do you, you think, think you are? are? <laughs> <laughs> do you consider yourself better than I am? Yeah, which is like how Game of Thrones fell apart, more or less. But you? That's not on the list. Who do you. No, that is not on the list. That's no, right. No, that is not on the list. Next thing on the list is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's right. Which I just finished uh, oh, yeah, we the didn't, newest season we didn't, while I was at home with my mom. What did you think of this, the plot of the season? We didn't really get into that. I, I really liked it. I do. I mean, the show obviously um, sparkles every time Lenny Bruce is there. Oh, man. The, scene, the scenes with the them. The scenes with the two of them. Hubba, uh, hubba. And, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, before I, he goes, maybe before I die. And then I immediately was like, Looking up the year he died. died. And I was like, oh, that's right. He died of a fucking heroin overdose and he was found naked in his yeah. hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> Poor bastard. There is a, there's too much Jane Lynch. Jane that's going to be a scene yep, we can look forward to next season. Oh, right, Jesus sure. Christ. That's brutal. You didn't yeah. like, you didn't like the, did, what'd you think of the Jane Lynch? 
Well, it was hard, so... It was your Miss Julie. I know, and I love Miss Julie, but you know what? I kind of... I texted during her scenes because she's canceled. Oh, really? Yeah, you didn't see her tweet? She was mad at everyone for being mad at Pete Buttigieg, and she said, you know, just so you know, everyone, billionaires in a wine cave have just as much say on what happens in this country as you do, and everyone was like... Oh, boy. <laughs> Why don't you get... Guillotined, baby. <laughs> well, at least she wasn't. At least she wasn't like going full J.K. Rowling and being like, "Well, it's true. Like, oh my God. there are only two genders." Uh, yeah, that's a tough beat by her. I can't for believe. Sure. Did you see the tweet? Of, did you see the tweet about Buddha Judge that was like, "Doesn't he remind you of that kid in middle school whose whole bit was how he's evil?" <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Honestly, Do you know the kid? I wouldn't know, if you showed me a picture of like three guys who looked similar and told me one of them was Pete Buttig Judge, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one it was. Really? You're not tracking Mayor Pete? <laughs> I don't track, I don't track a lot of the election stuff going on. Like I know, I, oh my I, God. I don't I, know how you keep yourself I, together. I know who I like. Yeah. Once right, in a while, sure. I'll, once in a while I'll look at the polls and I'll see that Biden's leading or Warren's beating Sanders out. And I'm like, these polls are based on them, like, calling old ladies who are home in the middle of the day or whatever. Mm. Like, everything's chaotic. Anything else to say about Mrs. Maisel? <laughs> yeah, we really went off the, off the rails. That's right. right. We're, just, we're just using the list. The list I don't know. We, we, ran, we were ranting about how great Mrs. Maisel was. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about how it's not barely worth discussing because I think, it's just operating I, at such a high level. I think, um, you know, because it ends on a big downer in the season. Yeah. But I think it's going to open itself up. Like, I'm looking forward to Mrs. Maisel being on, like, a sitcom. And, and doing the Lucille Ball thing. Yeah. Like, I wonder, that's the next step. I wonder how... Because we talked about how long we like the legs of this show has that it could definitely go seven eight. I think it. Can I do, wonder I if, can the always, if the intent is if the intent is was always like to get her on a sitcom, do it, you know, doing the bit and like really rising. I think so. Like truly, a, a just exploding. I think so. Star. Like I think you know she'll be a she'll she'll you know do the I love Lucy thing or like be in a movie and be like sure, you know. An they'll be like, like uh, you're a real actress now, and she's taking acting classes. Right. And, you know, it's so funny, and it's so, like, just, uh, it's the kind of thing, like, I want to take the effort to make something like that if I'm ever working on a project, to be like, we're going to do this in one shot, and it'll take a couple days in instead of doing it in ten shots over the course of a couple days. Sure. But even, know? I mean, just the production design on that thing is so incredible. The costumes and the rooms, the, the interiors of that show just like explode on the screen well it's the kind of thing you can tell where like every designer is being encouraged to be really creative yeah. like like it's not like there's one person dictating like not necessarily i mean there is a you know obviously people figuring out the overall vision of the thing i feel like the designers have a lot of power and a lot of creative power. Yeah, to and, just, uh, and to just go nuts, and they're all on the same team with that. Yeah, they're, and they're in, all they're cooperating. An environment. Yeah, they're this, they're yeah. building this vision together yeah. instead of like being forced to do something that is against their instincts. Yeah, totally, I know exactly what you're saying. And I think that everything that we've talked about on our list, because I'm sure that that show is just like a fucking such a pleasure to be a part of like to work on it to go to work there every day oh my God, and all fun. of the all the shows that we've talked about like because of the worlds that are built inside of them seem like they are just like a fucking playground for people i mean the deuce is such a 
environmental poem, you know what I mean? Especially the, the early seasons when it was really the, the gnarly rough Times Square, which is also the, one of the best contrasts with the like Upper East Side <laughs> part of Manhattan. Sure. That the, the, the Mrs. Maisley. Sure, and, and you're like, that is, you know, ten years five years difference or whatever yeah, and yeah. mad men's going on down the street yeah whatever, and that one like, really exists in the middle know. of the two of them yeah it's fucking crazy <laughs> yeah 60 70 is always the best always some of the best stuff mike do you think the people know what flash over a championship ring our first annual championship ring in review is well we already announced it no we didn't the battery died hit the fucking music oh on the list of uh, egregious Golden Globe snubs. Yeah. So, yeah. Ken Dog, Get yeah. the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Whatever. Is, did this show get a writing nom? I don't think... Th is there... I can't did remember... Jesse Armstrong get the... Isn't that his name? Jesse Armstrong? Yeah, he's the showrunner. Let me... We have our list right here, and I do believe that... It, I think it got a best... I don't know if we wrote down writing. We did every category... <laughs> We did a lot of categories. We did all the categories. Uh, <laughs> this was our. It is nominated for best uh, TV series drama, and we have that. We have that down. Got yeah, that, got that. That right was here. the one we hoped would win. It's really just Sarah Snook and Jeremy Strong not getting nominated for their for those two fucking golden performances. I, I mean, I think everyone on that should get an award. That's we did. Yeah, we talked about that. How like everyone is deserving. Like, yeah. There's not a weak link. No. What haven't we said? I don't know, man. That's the thing. Like, if you want to hear what we think about Succession, go listen to most of the episodes of this podcast. Yeah. Because... They all uh, have Succession in capital letters. Yeah, we were following that. I think we were doing two episodes at a time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We were leap We did four or five We were leapfrogging those episodes, but it was an obsession, and it still is. That show... Is gonna have a really great next season. They it's set up to knock it out of the park, and it's a real tragedy that it's not getting more attention. But I th I think that if it wins best drama series, it might be kind of the coronation. Yeah, I think the, the buzz is getting out. There's been a lot. You know, the real meme of it has been that theme song that that you just played. The theme. Oh, Nicholas Patel's theme is yeah, is the, one of the I mean, fucking best. I've things seen ever. a million Twitter. Like twitterings, to a about, lot of twitterings, a about lot of it. twitterings. Nicholas Patel, that guy is silently like <clears throat> easily the best composer in TV and film right now. He also did the the score for If Beale Street Could Talk, which is just like fucking. That was incredible. That was like maybe the main thing Game of Thrones had going for it was the composer. A righteous theme. The the composer guy was fan like out of out of control. Is he really? Yeah, like mm. he's gonna be. Making movies. Who is it? Like, making great... His name is hard to pronounce. Sure. I can't... Sure. It starts with an R. Mmm. Um, Renoir. It's like... It's like Middle Eastern, and I don't even want to... Or is he... I don't even, I don't even want to try. Sure, 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 like, sure. That's right. That's I'll true. say Marsha Shah Ali, but... Succession for life. I don't know. I just... Just give me more. Yeah, Succession... 
Probably it was like. The, I think if we were rating this, we'd both agree that's, that this that's was the best one of the year. year. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably like the best thing that I've seen for a long time. I mean, since. I, I think a lot of people if are turned off by the idea of watching a show about billionaires. And having, and having any empathy with them. Sure. And I guarantee, like, you really won't. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're despicable, and it shines this light on, like, just the kind of shit that... The, uh, the planet they come from, because it is not our planet. It's an insular world. Yeah. That inside of, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm a middle-class kid, like, yeah, it's a far it is, away It is them. not the same planet. Yeah, even the wealthier people that we know in our lives. It happened in the middle of a thought, but... You know, that happens in real life, too, not just on podcasts. Yeah, one of the things we're going to work on is getting our situation batteryless. Yeah, yeah, we'd like to run from wall power in 2020. Yeah, we're working on it. So look forward to that. Yeah, donate to our future coming Patreon or... Venmo, me personally. Or uh, hit me up on my premium Snapchat. <laughs> hit me up on my OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, hit me up on Kick. Sure. Kick me. Sure. Yeah, well, uh, so, the, so yeah, so as you can tell, the battery died. Fell out in the middle of our conversation about succession, but that's okay because we've if, had this. We've had the you can listen. You can listen to hours of us talking about succession. Hours and hours and hours. So I guess, yeah, that's it. That's the championship ring. That is our first annual championship ring. In Top eight shows of the year. Year in review. In review. All right, part one done. So we were also going to talk about. Talk about some flicks. Christian has watched no less than 150,000 movies this year. Shit, yeah. You know, I wish that... I've seen a lot of people have been recording their, like, everything that they watched in 2020, like, old movies included, and I wish I had done that. I mean, I had all the TV shows written down on post-its, and then we lost the shit, and then I lost the post-its. So, let's say I watched 50,000 movies. I mean, TV shows. I think you did. I watched a lot of TV shows, but... We're here to talk about your list of movies, Christian. So how do so so I watched forty. My goal is to get to fifty. So how do you want me, how do you want me to do you want me to just like go down the list and we can have whatever chat we think we want to have? Sure. I mean, I've probably seen you've seen five of the movies you're going to talk about. You've seen several of these, but I've also heard a lot. We saw a couple of these together. We saw a fair number of these together, actually. We saw the lighthouse with with our hands in each other's laps. That's right. Jerking each other off. Big, like, violently. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do get... So, the bottom of this list... Some of these movies I straight up didn't like. Like, I hesitated to put, like, this is my top 40 movies, because the last... Because like, they're just movies that you watched and you didn't and then even I like. Them. You just yeah. happened to watch But, like, them. these last seven movies I didn't really like at all. So, I'll just bang them out, but I do have two I want to point out. Bang them out. Bang them out. Velvet Buzzsaw, that was that horror movie with Jake Gyllenhaal about the art gallery that came out on Netflix. Do you remember this? Uh, yeah, and I didn't really like the last one that much. The one about the psycho photographer nightcrawler yeah isn't it the same director or something oh was it it seemed similar vibe i never saw nightcrawler actually yeah i didn't like it that didn't that was my least favorite movie of the year the between two ferns movie i also did not like that's my number 39 yeah 
I think if you like that sort of thing, you should check out the Now Show with Jack Bell on. Oh God damn it! I was gonna on, do it. It was gonna be a really cute on, moment. Yeah. I was gonna say our last show of the year is the Now Show. Oh God shit. damn it! The Now Show with Jack Bell, uh, grown up costume party on YouTube. Look that up. It's like between two ferns with no money and people you won't recognize. Shit, yeah. <laughs> damn it. God damn it. We should do, we should do an episode where we interview each other about the Now Show. No. This okay. This movie I want to talk about because this movie fucking sucked. This is a movie called Long Shot that I don't I don't recall who directed this. It's about Seth Rogen as a kind of bumbling stoner Brooklyn newspaper reporter who used to be babysat by now Secretary of State Charlize Theron. That's a hat on a hat. It it is one of the most objectively unfunny movies I've seen in a long time. The writing is really like late '90s trash bad. This you saw in theaters? Are no, I saw. The I, you saw in theaters? No, I didn't see. I saw probably half of these in theaters, half of them streaming. Okay. This one I watched. It's on Hulu or on Amazon. Hulu or Amazon. I watched it at my mom's house. It well, it was just it's pretty like, deeply buried because I've never even heard of the damn thing. Oof, didn't like it. Triple Frontier. That was that movie was actually alright. But is well, that the Ben Affleck? That's like, the Affleck movie. Ben Affleck tough guys. In the, it was actually kind of satisfying, but not really my kind. It's of like thing. the Expendables or something. Uh, there's a lot of these those Netflix movies that are buried at the bottom of my list. The Dirt. That was the Motley Crue biopic. Yeah, I kind of hate loved that movie. Like, me too, but it was but it was like you. I it, I docked it significantly because you really missed an opportunity. Like that movie could have been fucking awesome. That movie also like made like. Tommy Lee looked justified punching a girl in the face. Yes, it did, which is not a Even good though, like, they just changed a lot of things that happen in real life. All right, we're going, we're going too slow, because I don't want to talk about a lot of these movies. I don't think that's a good thing about it. I no. just want to point out. Sure, yeah, that's why it's not high on my list. Greta, bleh, El Camino, what are you going to do? Knives Out, I'm in the minority on this one. I did not like that shit. The Aftermath, this is Kira Knightley joint. It was fine. Uh, Beach Bum, Harmony Corinne, it was whatever. Dead Don't Die, the Jim Jarmusch movie. I maybe I just didn't get it. Us, this is another controversial pick. People like people pretend that movie's too good. Um, yeah, I didn't. I we I, saw that one together. I, I think it was tough to sophomore album because Get Out was such a great fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I just don't. I just don't know if the conceit was. It was good. just a little confused. I think. Yeah, uh, the Mustang. This was a good indie movie. This is where the movies actually start getting pretty good. Uh, Mustang was good, but it's just, you know, brutal prison movie. This is just not, there's just not that fun. The Two Popes. This movie kind of bored me. Anthony Hopkins is really funny in it. He's, like, on top of it. How's the other guy? Jonathan Price, he's good. He's playing an Argentinian guy. He's Francis. a British guy. Does he slap some lady? <laughs> <laughs> Do you that's, see that shit? Have you seen, hell, have you seen oh my that god. Video? That's a hell of a clip. This, this is the week that uh, some woman wouldn't let go of the bow. Grabs his arm, almost knocks him over, and he, like, bats her hand away it's so funny like he is her grandmother and he's about to hit her with his chancla <laughs> it's fucking hilarious so glad we have that on record <laughs> next movie this is so this is top 25 the report that was the torture papers amazon movie with adam driver that was pretty good oh i skipped under the silver lake that was 26 that movie's good you should watch that that's the movie it's a, really long a girl told me to watch that and i looked up the trailer and this was the girl that i had a crush on and i said she would i hope she hears that. this and she, this i did have a huge crush on her at one point and she's like you should look up this movie and it's about a guy who's obsessed with this girl <laughs> i'm trying to find her and yeah, i was like I thought oh, that was very boy funny when you told me that, that ironic uh 24 is this 
Russian American movie called White Crow about this male ball- this bad boy male ballerina. It was awesome. It was fucking great. I can't believe it's all the way down at twenty four because it was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. The Brink. This is a Steve Bannon documentary that's fucked. Everyone should watch that. Who's Steve Bannon? Trump's old boy. He was like his campaign advisor. Oh yes, I. He's the Breitbart okay. guy. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh my god, or the Drudge Report guy, whatever. That you should watch that. That's great. I watched the Roger Stone one that came out years ago. Right. Uh, Get me Roger Stone. Yep. That guy's a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's and there's you know there's another Bannon one I think that just came out an Errol Errol Morris one. Uh, Brittany runs a marathon. Really pretty precious. Just super clean, really great narrative. That's the movie. girl from Workaholics, right? Yeah, yeah. She's great in it. She goes great. Okay, and the, I'll watch that. And the guy that's on Hulu. It's really yeah. Good. I've like I've watched the trailer on Amazon. Like, that looks cute. That's good. Cute. It's good. It's a solid indie flick. Uh, it reminds me of movies from like 2005, 2006. Okay. Okay. Dolomite is my name is number twenty one. The movie's awesome. Man, I feel like that would be higher on my list, but I don't know if I've watched twenty. I mean, I'd have to think. It was a great movie. I, I see, like from twenty, we, we've reviewed that already. Up it's here, so, this is like I, that's one of the most inspiring. I'm gonna watch it again when I like am trying to make a movie and need right some inspiration. Well, and one thing that we talked about when we first reviewed the movie was it's just so nice to see a really great star power driven comedy that has a solid plot. Yeah. <laughs> like what happened to those? Yeah. Those just don't exist. And anymore. it's an ensemble. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, Eddie Murphy's carrying that thing. Sure, he's an ensemble to, to up and solve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number 20, is a, shouts out, shout out to the blog boys who will be mad about this, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's number 20. It's high on my list. It's a great movie. It's yeah. probably my favorite Tarantino movie, but what are you going to do? You think that's your favorite Tarantino? <sighs> we kind of went over this. I think it was like the second episode that we did. Yeah. Was reviewing that movie. I'm just such a... I, I need to rewatch it. I think I'm like... I think I'm probably almost stuck in Jackie Brown as my answer to that question. Sure. I get... Yeah. Until something comes out better than that. I yeah. Guess. Sure. Uh, 19, Bombshell. Dude, uh, okay, so there Bombshell's were... Bombshell's very good. There were two movies that I wanted to see this last couple weeks. You were like, I'm going to see a million movies. You and Jordan. What's up, Jordan? Jordan Matthews. Shut if you're up. listening... Uh, both wanted me to see Uncut Gems. We'll get to that. I was less uh, interested in that than I was Bombshell. Crazy. I really wanted to see Bombshell because I love that kind of. Bombshell's really. Solid. I love the really, really solid. downfall of, you know, that sort of thing. I don't know if Lithgow, like if if there were, we could do a casting shift, might not be my pick. That's like the kind of role that you're like. You need someone awful. Well, like, if it's the kind of thing that, like, if Phil Hoffman were still alive... Okay. Would have, like... Okay. Would have added a level to that movie. Because, you know... Cause well, and there's a big Phil Hoffman-shaped hole right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, God, who did I just say? Uh, Lithgow. Lithgow, you know, when he... I've only seen some of his Churchill and the Crown. Yeah. I but I'm not super into, like, Lithgow putting on the fat suit, and now he's... I don't know. I don't know. He's he's such a big theater actor that it's kind of... It that, seems a little stagey. I just thought that movie looked it's like good. one I'd want to see. That, that, it's good. I wanted it's to see good. that, and I wanted to see Cats. <laughs> and I still want to see Cats. You motherfucker. <laughs> Bombshell, I'd highly recommend Bombshell to people who like to stare at Margot Robbie. Yeah. So we know, right now we know that Katz is higher up on We're Christian's not, list. Oh my God. All right. Number 18 <laughs> is Booksmart. This is 
Seriously, I think that this is the highest rated comedy. Oh, is this the one with Jonah Hill's little sister? With Beanie Feldstein. It's so about these two best these these two girls. You said it was best like friends. girl super bad. It's like girl super bad, yeah. Directed by Olivia Wilde. It didn't get a lot of love, I think, at the box office over the summer and Olivia Wilde was pissed about that, and I fucking get why she was pissed about it, because this movie is so fucking funny. And it's it's on one of them. What's it called? Booksmart. Booksmart. I, it's Booksmart. so good. Booksmart. I feel like, you know, you told me about that, and the name, like, leaves my head. It's so fucking good. Uh, it's six, called Booksmart. Booksmart. 1617 are the two Soderbergh movies that came out on Netflix. The Laundromat and High Flying Bird. Okay. Which is higher? High Flying High Bird. High Bird. High yeah, Bird. you're a basketball guy. Uh, it's fucking awesome. Kima, uh, I forget that actress's name, Kima from The Wire has a supporting role in it. She's an agent. <laughs> Alright, who knows? Who knows where we were on the list? <laughs> well, we, were, we had talked about Succession. We talked, well, and I was in oh, the... Oh, wait, we... Oh, wait, we... We've we had movies. We we keep okay. We've had to replace the batteries a couple of times. We're down on your movie list. Yeah, this is, uh, this oh, is the year no, end no, no. review I know, extravaganza. I, I know where this is our review. Oh, we were we, talking about the Soderbergh movies. Yes, and I was surprised that you put the one Soderbergh movie that we both saw, The Laundromat. I don't know if I above, actually above um uh, High Flying Bird. I don't know. No, I, I I'm surprised you put that above the Eddie Murphy movie. Oh oh right right right. Yeah. I like, dude, you gotta watch High Flying Birds. The movies are great. Alright, whatever. We already talked about that. Alright, so let's keep going down the list. So now we're in top 15. Uh, High Life, the Claire Denis movie about the floating space prison starring Robert Pattinson. That sounds kind of cool. It's fucking good, man. That's a really Is good it movie. Sci fi? Yeah, and it's actually her first. Is it Claire Denis' first English speaking film? Claire de Vaginale? Claire Denis? The beautiful. Parisian chick? Julia Binoche is in this movie. Huh. Claire Denis. Is this the same guy who made, uh... No, Claire Denis is, like, one of the most, uh, revered oh, I'm thinking, female what's, film directors of all time. What's, oh, I'm thinking of... What's that model's name? Cara Delevingne. Oh, Cara Delevingne? Delevingne. <laughs> yes. She would have made sense in this movie, but the part that she would have played is played by Mia Goth, who serves a very similar... Okay. It's really good. I'd look that up. You'd like it a lot. She was in that... She was in that, uh... Last movie by the Fifth Element vibe movie, the Valerian movie. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. It's the same director. Oh, that's funny. Okay. It's, it's not as good as Fifth Element. Uh, my number fourteen is a fucking sick French American movie that I saw on a random snowy night in April, have, having no idea what I was getting into. It's called Climax. It's a, I guess, I, it's a dance film. It's about a bunch of dancers who go to this special training camp thing in New York and the, they get dosed with acid. The movie opens with this really crazy oh, sequence you told me about this. of like these VHS TV interviews with all the dancers where they s are talking about themselves and it's like so so intimate and raw with the way they talk and like there's one guy who's like I'm the devil and then it never goes back to him but then you like are reintroduced to him inside the world of the thing, and there's like these extended dance sequences that are like so crazy, and it's, it's okay. I want to so, I want to see this. This sounds cool. it's really fucking good. And seeing it alone in Kimball's, <laughs> I was like, it was shy. It was a shocking experience, and it's a fucking great movie. Next one is the Lighthouse. We've talked about the Lighthouse. Lighthouse is great. Lighthouse, lots of masturbation. Uh, this is a place in my list where I feel like I fucked something up, so I'm gonna switch something. <sighs> 
And I'm going to pull Last Marriage minute. Story back to the 12th spot. Is it because of my poor review? No, it's just... I don't want to have too much influence no, over the, you know, the further I get anyone. A, the further I get honest. away from it, the, I, I feel different about it. But, I, but I've already... I mean, I've already reconciled some of these mistakes by myself on here, so... Um, then you're forgiven. So then I'll, I'm going to pull that back to number 12, and then at number 11 is where I'm going to put a really fucking cool movie called The Nightingale. One of the most brutal movies I've seen in a long time, uh, directed by the woman who directed The Babadook, but I forget her name. It's about, like, early 19th century Aborigine Australia and the British Army's, like, basically their genocide of the Aborigine sure. culture there and this Irish slave girl uh, exacting her revenge. On, on these, behalf of the Aborigines? On, with, with an Aborigine uh, tour guide. Okay, so it's not the great white guide. savior... No, 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 but it's a great piece between these two, this young Aborigine boy and this Irish girl. That sounds cool. Killing these fucking Brit sons of bitches. That sounds cool. It's fucking good. It's on Hulu. You should I, watch I it. I do like it when people... It's a great revenge story, but it is very brutal. In the first 15 minutes, there's at least three scenes that you're like, I can't believe I'm watching this. This kind of movie that'll trigger right-wingers, you think? Because it's yeah. critiquing colonialism. I, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know, it's a good question. It's a really easy thing to critique, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it is. When you watch this movie, you get really upset. When you read anything about history, it's... It's really upsetting. You get pretty upset. <laughs> so, I will, so you really, you really root for the revenge in this revenge okay. channel, I'll say. I dig that. So that was my number 11, uh, and my number 10 is a fucking great movie called The Mountain. I forget this director's name, but it stars Jeff Goldblum as a... Lobotomist in the 60s, making his kind of last tour as hospitals start to outlaw that sort of yeah, practice. Yeah, you told me about this. You told me about this. It's a it's Wow, a, this is really that high up on your list? It's really fucking good. Also on Hulu. People Lobotomy stuff is terrifying. It's terrible. This movie And if you research the history of that at all, you'll be amazed how... Long, how, long we were how, doing that. how long we were doing that, yeah. And that's really what this movie's about. Yeah, it's people a, people who are still alive were lobotomized. I don't know if this is, I mean, it's definitely like the mental health hit of the year. Yeah, not to say that lobotomy will give you any longevity in life. No. But my number nine movie is The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which was really fucking, which is a really beautiful, independent, small production that a you know, that's a really autobiographical story about the guy that's in it, about gentrification in San Francisco and Which is now the most expensive city in the country. The country, despite yeah. being so goddamn neoliberal and full of crap. Yep. It reminds me of a city called Denver. Or many other cities. Or many others. I, well, that's that was or, the, or, the or, prescience of the or, movie or, itself or, was. Or Brooklyn or Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a great it was yeah. fucking great. Gentrification. Doesn't affect you much if you're the one moving in. No. Nope. Yep. Number eight's the Irishman. We talked about the Irishman. Oh wow, that's up there, huh? It's you know the longer I the longer I because I've seen that one twice. You've been so. letting it gestate. Yeah, the more I like it, the more I think that Pacino needs to win Best Supporting I, Actor. <laughs> I need to watch the thing you were telling me. There's like a round table with all of those guys. And you were saying how Pacino's just talking shit. No, like, well, no, Pesci no, not Pacino. Pesci, Pesci, Pesci Pesci's like, seems like, you were saying he seems like the most legitimately street guy in that crew. Sure. Yeah. Pesci seems tough. Yeah. Pesci seems tough. Yeah. 
The only one. There's can, another. Really the only one I've ever seen take him down was uh, Kevin McAllister. Uh, there's another really good roundtable that I want to watch. That's all of the Oscar nominated or the Golden Globe nominated directors, which includes Todd Phillips, who directed The Joker. Yikes! That's got to be. Um... And I guess there's a moment in the thing where Scorsese's like, "I haven't seen it." Ha! <laughs> He's like, "What else have you done?" So Scorsese is just really high on my list of. That's great. People right God, now. That guy's got to feel like the th- the 13th at a party or whatever. <laughs> That's got to be awkward as hell. The Joker guy? Oh, yeah, right? Doesn't oh, he yeah. have, like, he's got nothing under his belt, right? Under that. Comedies. Like, he was a comedy director. Yeah. Well. But I mean, he, yeah. That he, movie's supposed to be hilarious. I think anyone it? sitting at the table with Scorsese's got to feel a little. Just, less than. Well, he's ripping off two Scorsese movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, son of a bitch, everybody. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. We had those big-time battery problems. What can I tell you? So we didn't finish the list. Uh, maybe in the next episode we'll come back to it. I do think that we're planning on doing one to respond to the Golden Globes, Oscar nominations, and stuff like that. Maybe we'll get to my top seven movies. Really, what you missed there at the end as we kept talking, not knowing that the recording was over, is I got to Little Women, we were talking about Florence Pugh, and then I informed Mike that Florence Pugh is dating Zach Braff, and he lost his mind and I'm so I'm so sad that we don't have that on tape but maybe we can maybe we can remanufacture that moment and give it to you otherwise thanks for listening everybody have a happy 2020